Hello, everyone, and welcome to the First Loved Podcast. Over the last several weeks, I hope you've enjoyed what now is turning into a little bit of a series on looking at specific verses where Jesus explicitly loves us. Interestingly, as I've gone over the list of all the verses, the ones that stood out to me this time, and I'm trusting God led this way, is that they actually focus on his interaction with some ladies, Mary and Martha, the woman in adultery, and the woman at the well. So over the next three weeks, we're going to look at Jesus' interaction with these different gals, and especially, though, to hear his words to our own souls, that words were directly to them, but then again, I think are also applicable to us today. So today, though, specifically, I want to look at this passage in Luke. It's in Luke chapter 10. It begins with uh, verse 38, and it's the one about Mary and Martha. It gets talked about at different times, and especially Martha gets the bad rap, right? That Mary does the right thing, and Martha's worried and upset about many things, and and it's a good point. But I think especially as I've been trying to listen to the Lord about this, spend time in it, do some reading— I think most of all, in light of last week where we talked about what are the kinds of things we can do that actually love Jesus and love God explicitly, well, there's a sense in which this story, I think, also has to do a bit with what does loving Jesus look like and loving him in the way that he really wants to be loved and trying to discern that sometimes even in the moment. We're often tempted to want to love Jesus again in the way that we might think he would like and might be important to him, or it's a value we have, and we think just because we think it would be a great way to express love, it may not be exactly what he's looking for. And in that sense, we always want to be doing, Lord, what is the thing that would love you best? Because that's the desire of our heart. In response to your amazing love for us, we want to love you back well. So first, I just want to read the passage to you. And it says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, He came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha. The Lord answered, You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. In one of the other translations, the wording is slightly different, where it says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and bothered about so many things, but only one thing is necessary. For Mary has chosen the good part This is the NASB. The NIV said, Mary has chosen what is better, which shall not be taken away from her. And again, oftentimes, Mary gets the focus like she's the one who's kind of the better sister or something. We often refer to people, well, they're they're being like Martha again and getting all upset and worried about all the details and whatnot. And I just think Martha gets a bad rap every now and then. And so I just wanted to include a couple other passages here to flesh out this a little bit better, where I'm really grateful that in John's gospel, we have two other moments where John focuses on this family, which is Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. And in John chapter 11, 
John writes, Now a man named Lazarus was sick, and he was from Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister Martha. And then in parentheses, it's kind of interesting. Verse 2, it says, This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. The odd thing is that that's in the next chapter. And so I'm just reading the commentary to go, well, why does that occur there? Is that the fact that John is writing his gospel very late and at the end of his life, that the people's awareness, and especially about what Mary did with this perfume, we're going to read that in a moment, the church would have been familiar with this. So now the fact that he's introducing this family in the gospel, he's just saying, remember, this is that Mary, even though chronologically he picks up the story a little bit later. But anyway, Lazarus is sick. It's the village of Mary and her sister Martha. So verse 3, so the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. Now you might think, okay, so he really only loves Lazarus, but Mary and Martha, well, they're just sisters and whatever. But what's really, really cool is that it says that when Jesus heard this, he says the sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. And then comes this great line in verse 5. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister. (laughs) He loved Martha and her sister. And you might get from the Luke account, it's like, well, he really loved Mary, you know, like Martha. Well, I'm not so sure. You know, this lady's really distracted and busy and doing whatever. And Lazarus, it says. So, I love the fact that John wants to make sure that everybody recognizes that he loves each one of these siblings. He loves Lazarus. He loves Mary. He loves Martha, each one deeply from his heart. But I also wanted then, because it continues then in chapter 12, where you have this other little thing that occurs in Matthew's gospel in Matthew 20. But here it says, six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Jesus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. And here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served, there it is, Martha served while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected, quote, Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. So you kind of get from this fuller picture from John and Luke's gospel that this is a family that Jesus had a relationship with, so much so that it is explicitly stated that he loved each one of them deeply. And I think Mary and Martha then thought for sure Jesus would drop whatever he's doing to come lay hands on and presumably heal Lazarus from his sickness. But the other thing I wanted you to catch was that in both of these accounts, John 12 and Luke 10, Martha still is the one who is serving. It says Martha served while Lazarus was among those, and Mary takes out that expensive perfume in the one case. And then you have the one that we began with. Jesus has shown up with the disciples, and Martha really wants to welcome him and be very hospitable. And so she's thinking about all these preparations. She wants to make a really special meal, and she's working really hard. 
And all of that, honestly, is really good. You can understand her heart. I mean, she probably had a gift of hospitality. She served. She's thinking about they need food. They need stuff. And and he doesn't really say that anything wrong about that. It's just the fact that, and especially, I guess, the NIV's version when he says, but few things are needed or indeed only one. I guess in both cases, and I think about Judas getting uptight that Mary broke this jar of perfume on Jesus and then washed his feet with her hair with this perfume. Judas is upset because of how it could have been spent. I think most of all, as I was praying and thinking, waiting on this and preparing to share with you, again, I thought about the fact that Jesus is with us by the Spirit. And in both cases, Judas has an idea of the way Jesus ought to be treated, especially, I guess, Mary's the one who gets attacked. <laughs> she kind of gets attacked from Martha saying she should be in here doing what us gals do, and that's preparing for you guys. And, and actually, the commentators made a big point of that. The fact that Jesus really affirms Mary sitting at his feet and listening to him, that was not the posture of the women of the day. It was only the guys who got to hang out with the rabbi, the guys who were the ones who were trained in the Torah. So the fact that he totally affirms what Mary is doing, but in both times, Mary's the one who's under attack in the presence of Jesus because of what she's doing in the presence of Jesus, to which Jesus says, in this case right now, this is the most important thing. I'm here with you. Come sit at my feet and listen to what I say. I'm used to going without food or I'm used to eating simple food. You don't have to make a big deal out of this. In a sense, it's more like, oh, that Martha would have said in this occasion instead of her deciding what she thinks would really love Jesus. Out of relationship, just say, Jesus, what do you need? What would you like? What would love you in this situation? And she might have found out, as it seems Mary did, that he said, you know what? We're good. We don't need much. Come join everyone else and sit here and listen to me. That there was a value to that. And even in the other text when he says that you will have me only for a short time. Now, we have him present with us every day. But again, I think the temptation for many of us in looking at Martha is that we can often think again about what would really honor God, what do we think would really bless God, what would really be a way to love this one without asking the person themselves, what does love look like now for you? What, what would be best? What would please you? What would honor you? And I think that's really fair for us daily to be asking that question, to not just assume oh, well, what do you really like for me to do is really work hard and prepare for this and do that. And you get so busy that you miss him and you don't sit with him and listen to him and be loved by him. And then, of course, what's so powerful is that Jesus protects Mary in both cases. And he says, look, what she has done, she has chosen what is better. She has chosen what is best. She has chosen the better thing right now. And I certainly won't take it away from her. And I would say to you, Martha, don't let this stuff, these distractions, take it away from you either. Come, be with me. Join me. Sit with me. Spend time with me. It's our relationship that matters most. Now, again, there may have been other times when Jesus said, you know what, we're starving. And yeah, that would be really awesome right now. But I think, again, it's just the assumption. And likewise, that's what Judas does. Judas assumes that, well, that money, you know, that perfume ought to have been traded in or whatever to get money and that it's always about the poor, it's always about the poor. And he says, of course, we love the poor. 
But in that moment, Mary did the right thing. And again, that was a year's worth of wages. That's some serious amount of money that she poured out on him. This is chapter 12 of John. The whole thing shifts in chapter 13 to the Last Supper, and they're hanging out together, the final discourse before he gets arrested. And so whether or not, again, Mary discerning by the Spirit or just, I don't know how she knows this, but somehow she knows that that perfume is for Jesus. That lavish expression is for Jesus. And she could have been thinking, well, what will people think, you know, that I'm doing this and pouring this out on? And, and amazingly, again, Jesus says, no, this was absolutely the right way to use this. This was intended, actually, for this moment at this time. Well, I just wonder if all of us don't have a tendency to be one or the other, and we miss the moment. And I think this passage, essentially, both these passages cause us to have to say, what today, Lord? What now? Is there a way to love you that, that matters to you and that I wouldn't think about what others think or I wouldn't be caught up into what I think you would like? And then that we would just be so free. I mean, Mary just didn't seem to care. She knew what was appropriate in that moment. She did it. She knew she'd probably get chastised by her sister. She may have known Judas well enough to know that this, this guy and maybe others had the same kind of mentality that Judas had, but she did it. I guess today is that what I want you to hear from the Lord in terms of his loving words for each of us is that, first of all, I just love the fact when he said to Judas, leave her alone. I just want you to hear that from the Lord's heart today, that as you're discerning what he's doing, and maybe some other voices and others are trying to say, ah, oh, no, you should do this, that, or the other thing. I'm telling you, if you have a sense from the Lord's heart, from his voice, from his leading, that here's a way that he wants you to love him, that might seem a little bit out there, Know that the Lord is going to protect you. He's going to guard you. He's going to support you. He's going to have your back. And he would say to those around, leave him alone. Leave her alone. For what they are doing is what's the intended purpose for what they have. That you'd hear the Lord say, what you are doing, that is the intended purpose for what you are sharing, for what you are doing, how you are acting. Because I am with you. And I'm feeling very loved by this. Hear the Lord say, leave her alone, leave him alone. And again, the passage we began with is very similar. Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, you're worried and upset about many things. But few things are needed, indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not, it will not be taken away from her. I, I've got Mary's back. I love what you're trying to do, but Sweetheart, you are worried and upset, and you're distracted. You're missing the point of today's experience with me, why I'm here, what I'm doing. And Mary hasn't, and I'm going to defend her. And again, I just, that you would hear Jesus say to you, and maybe you're in Martha's boat, you need to hear. You are worried and bothered about so many things that you're trying to do all this activity and energy for me, but only one thing is necessary. Sit at my feet and listen to what I say. Choose this and you will have chosen what is best. And don't let anything take it away from you. And I'll protect you. I will guard you in this. I hope you hear that as love from Jesus. That as we seek to figure out, Lord, what does love look like for you today? That he has your back. That he will guard it. Don't worry about what other people are saying, what other people are thinking. If you have this sense in your heart, know that the Lord will have your back, that he will be blessed by it. And most of all, and that in both cases, Mary's trying to sort out, 
Jesus, what would love you best right now? What would honor you best right now? What would pay attention to your presence right now? And she did it regardless of what kind of negative feedback she may have. So I just want to encourage you all today. Let's be asking Jesus daily, Lord, what is love for you? Is there a specific way today in that regardless of what others might do to criticize or help me just with reckless abandon to love you wholeheartedly today, to love you in the way that you want to be loved? So, Lord, I just pray that you would help us with that today. Help us to hear you say, leave them alone. To hear you say, no, I will not take it away. I will not say, get up and go do this or do that. Lord, help us to hear your voice and to hear your heart today. We love you and we love to love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great day and God bless.